Good evening and praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. All of our listeners all over the United States of America, welcome back. And to all of our listeners all over the world, we're honored to have you join us once again. Welcome everyone to Marriage and Family Clinic in Southern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina. We're coming to you from WGPL 1350, WPC 1400, and those are on your AM dial, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream. Just tune in to www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. Tune into the live stream every Tuesday evening in the United States at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tune in to www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this or any other broadcast or episode in the Marriage and Family Clinic series, you can find my podcast simply by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. Search Bishop C.D. Hodges on any of these and you'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. We hope to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Here at Marriage and Family Clinic, we're all about what makes the family work. And on today, while I'm elated, I'm excited, uh, I'm honored to have as my special guest today someone who is very, very extremely, deeply, profoundly special to me. And that is none other than my special guest, Dr. Leah Sledge. She's an educator with the Department of Defense school system. And this school system, we've brought to you guests from uh, Department of Defense school system, Dodge for short. Uh, we've brought you guests from that organization before. And, and, and none has brought me as much excitement to present to you as this one today, Dr. Sledge. Uh, this school system, Dodge, it's this... Uh, it's the school system that provides educational services to the school-aged children of our military men and women all around the world, as well as civilians also, but primarily set aside for our military men and women all around the world. And Dr. Sledge happens to be assigned here in Japan, in northern Japan, a pretty, pretty region called Misawa. Uh, Dr. Sledge is also a wife. She's a mother of three. She's an evangelist in the Church of God in Christ. And along with being an evangelist in the Church of God in Christ, she's also the assistant supervisor of women for our Japan Church of God in Christ jurisdiction. She is a busy young lady, let me tell you that. <laughs> and not many people can do it with the excitement and the vim and vigor that she does. And I just so appreciate her for that. So glad and honored to have her with us. Dr. Sledge, how in the world are you doing today? Praise God. God bless you, Bishop. I am doing well. We are finishing up spring break, so I'm bearing and ready to go tomorrow to start the last quarter of the school year, 21-22. Wow. Awesome. How long was spring break? A week. Just a week? All right. And, and it was see, a week. And, and now, are those breaks still right on time? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> all breaks will always be on time. Yeah, all. <laughs> wow. 
You know, I am I am really excited to have you join me on today. Um, you know, you know what, and I want to say also for the benefit of our listeners, I'm so glad to have saints strategically placed in the marketplace. And I don't think that I don't think that there's a better place or maybe a more important place that we could have saints placed as far as the kingdom strategy goes, and that is in the area of education. Yes, sir. And, and I tell you because I, 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 you're probably watching it like me. Uh, we're watching our educational system, uh, especially in public education. We, we're facing some serious challenges. Without getting too deep in it, we're, we're just facing some serious challenges. And uh, we, need, we need wise saints yes, in sir. the classroom. Hallelujah, God. And I'm glad to say that in you, we definitely have one. Now, tell me, how long have you been in the field of education? Here's a good giggle for you first. <laughs> so somebody who is um, retiring this year shared that she has been in going to school in education since she was five years old because she went straight from elementary school to high school to college to the classroom. And when I stop and think about it, I've done the same thing. I have been in school every single year, whether it was for my growth in education or whether it was for me to help somebody else grow in education. So on a technicality, I've been in education for 46 years. Wow. But in terms of degree <laughs> education where I am doing the instructing, this is my 27th year of teaching. Wow. Wow. 27 years. 27 yes, sir, and 23 years. of them in Japan. Now, do you do you think that you're still excited about the field? Do you think that you still have a lot of enthusiasm about what you do? I love my job. Yeah. And I and I love my job because of what I get to do. Yeah. Um I am an ELA teacher by trade. But my current what's um, ELA? response ELA stands for English Language Arts. So I'm okay. an English teacher by trade. Okay. And <clears throat> excuse me, I am certified from seventh grade through twelfth grade to teach secondary English. While I was still teaching in the States when I was um, in Louisville, Kentucky, which is where we were coming to Japan from, and there was a young man who kept pulling kids out of my classroom to take them on these different college trips and everything else. Mm. And I finally looked at him and said, what are you doing? Why do you keep pulling these kids out of my class? And he was a college and career specialist. Ah. And this was in 1996. And I looked at him and said, that sounds cool. I want your job. Yeah. So over the past 20 some odd years, God has strategically aligned me with different programs, different classes, different degrees, different opportunities to be able to move into college and career so that I'm a college and career readiness specialist for my school. Wow. And so everything that I do um, focuses on college and career. So I am the avid teacher, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little while. Uh -huh. I also teach college entrance prep, which is geared towards helping juniors and seniors apply to college, get into college, and to prepare for college. I also teach career practicum, which is on the work side of the other side of education and helping students to understand resumes and the difference between hard and soft skills. So in terms of as long as I've been in the classroom, oh, this is what I'm living for. Yeah, This is what I want to do to be able to help and to give 
somebody what it was that I didn't feel that I got enough of right. coming out of school. So anything that I can do to help the next generation, because my reality is those are going to be my bankers. Yes. Those are going to be my lawyers and my doctors. And I need them to be proficient at their craft. Yes. <laughs> so anything that I can do to help them to get to that place, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I like how you say that. I often say that we're going to turn the world over to that generation, the next generation or the next two generations. And, yes, and you know, I don't want to turn it over to a bunch of babies. I don't want to turn it over to a bunch of people who are not prepared. And so mm -hmm. we definitely need people in the classroom with the passion that you're expressing. We we definitely need it. And, and, you know, when I look at the field of education, I'm listening to you talk and I look at the field of education. We've got a lot of uproar going on, whether it's about critical race theory or whatever the case may be. Uh, maybe we'll get to that in the future. And oh, by the way, I'll say this now. I'm looking forward to you being with me again soon. Uh, <laughs> let me just put that out there. And so uh, uh, but, you know, we, we have kids in school who are graduating high school and don't know how to balance a checkbook. Sir. Not that we're going to be needing checks much longer, <laughs> but but what I'm saying is that just the basics of 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 uh, uh, financial planning, the basic of financial awareness, kids are graduating high school without those those abilities. But that's part of my challenge with education in general. So yeah. we are products of graduating from high school in the '80s. Yeah, that, that's just our reality. And in order to graduate, we had to have some sort of financial economics class. For yeah. me, it was paired with government. So yeah. you had government one semester, then you had economics the next semester. Yeah. But it was a requirement. And in there, they taught us about the 1040 EZ form. Yeah. They taught us about some basics about credit. They taught us some basics about a checking in a savings account. Wow. They taught us the basics. But when I look at my students now, it is not a required. So I have taken it upon myself yeah. that in the classes that the kids come through with me, I don't know, we're going to do some money things. I've even got my middle schoolers. We're starting some money things now because I can't guarantee that they're going to get it if they don't have me. Right. If right. they don't have this opportunity. And when I've talked with so many of my students from years past, it's to come. I wish I would have learned. I yeah. wish somebody would have talked to me. I wish I would have. All of, we had children who graduated from the Dodds programs, and all three of mine, and I'm sure yours. Yeah. Said, I wish there were some things that I would have learned before I graduate. Yeah. And so yeah. that's one of my challenges is that we're, oh, sorry, the basic education focuses so much on the checking the boxes, but it's not the correct boxes that need to be checked. Right, right. It's not what they need in order to be successful for the future, but rather the check boxes that make them look good. Oh, we're in comparison to the nation on this. We're here. Yeah. Or in comparison to the nation on that. We're here. But what is this going to say for the babies on the other side of them having that diploma yeah. and rolling on? Yeah, yeah. That's an excellent point right there. You know, a uh, wise man said, be careful. Uh, how did that go? Be careful when you're climbing the ladder. Unless you find out when you get to the top, it's been leaning against the wrong building. <laughs> and, and, and I think that uh, based on what you're saying there, I think it's very likely that we may be teaching one thing, testing one thing, hoping for one thing, and getting something the opposite of what we hope for. 
but really what we're getting is what we're preparing for. Yes, sir. And so, and so we need these kids prepared for real life. I mean, we need kids prepared to shift careers and, and to, have a, to have a sense of resiliency where they understand that in the marketplace, our economic system, you very well may have to shift careers. Not many people start and end up where they started from. Or, or mm -hmm. we don't, and so many people, and I can speak for myself, where I am now, I love it, I like it, but it wasn't nothing that I planned. <laughs> it was not my plan coming out of high school. It definitely was not. And we just need, we, we, and those soft skills along with the hard skills. And I remember in high school that we had, we had wood shop, we had automotive yeah. mechanics, uh, like yes. you say, economics. I can still remember some of the, the the items that I sold. I can still remember the lamp that I made, the picnic table that I made. Uh, those real the life skills. The napkin holder. The napkin holder. <laughs> the uh, uh 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 oh my goodness. The plaque on your house with your house number on it, mm -hmm. and uh, you know just yes, all sir. of those things. Just and that's education, you know. And and another thing about education. That concerns me is that, uh, and as I said before, we have parents and, and we've politicized education, but we, we really need to get into teaching children how to think and yes. not what to think. And, and I see so much going on, especially with the politicization. Uh, I think I said that right. Uh, politicizing uh, the education system and everything else about the way that we live, we're, we're teaching children what to think instead of how to think. Bishop, I'm going to pause right there <laughs> because what you're saying, I need to go Bible real quick. Yeah. The Bible says, yeah. train up a child in the way he should go, and when he will owe, he will not depart from it. Not the way that you want him to go. Not that way. And that's the challenge that even in education, even in rearing up our children, it's not about what I think. Ooh, I yeah. think my daughter should be a doctor. I think my son should be a lawyer. So I'm going to make sure he does this, this, and this. No, baby, you can't play yeah. this sport because you don't have time because you got to study. What does the child want to do? Because if you can capitalize on the gifts and the, the callings that are in that child's life to be able to push them towards that, then it's a matter of what God has planned for them. Yeah. It's a matter yeah. of where they're going with that to be able to take it to the next place so if you want to see students bloom and grow and to develop and to mature it goes back to what you said about teaching them how to think yeah not just checking the boxes not just circling a or b yeah but where are the essay questions for life for them to be able to process and to synthesize and to analyze in order to be able to effectively interpret the information yeah absolutely absolutely and you just you you sounded like you listened to my program from from about two or three weeks ago and I, I did a couple of weeks on uh about three weeks on how to love your child mm. and loving your child means just what you said the bible says train up in the way they should go there is a way that your child should go mm -hmm. and loving your child means studying your child to discern what way they should go and then help them develop that way. 
And, right. and some children, we can see their dispositions, their, uh, uh, we can see their proclivities early on. And your child is very, very talkative. Guess what? You need to, be, you need to watch that. That develop, there may be something that ought to be developed there and, and how to walk them in there. And I'm so glad to hear you say that, you know, my path is not my son's path. My way is not my son's way. Let them pick Absolutely. their and prepare them for the way that they pick. Don't, pre don't prepare them for your way, but prepare them to pick their way. And that's, uh, I, I really believe that the very best self-defense that we can give our children is how to think and how to think of themselves. Mm -hmm. How to consider themselves. Because mom and dad, you can't be there with your child every hour of the school day. And when kids, oh my goodness, kids can be cruel. Oh my goodness. Sometimes mm -hmm. kids can be so cruel, it's like a bunch of little uh, hormone-driven demons running around the classroom. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But if you've ever been subject to bullies, then you know exactly what I mean. You know, and I don't mean to go off on that tangent. Let's get back on point here. But I think but we're on point. this is on point, Bishop. Yeah. Because you got to stop and think about me as an educator. Yeah. So you've always known me as either Mrs. Sledge or Dr. Sledge. Yeah. That's, you know, in terms of my educational role. If you actually go to the school and find some of my students right now, they will tell you that they call me Mama Sledge. Yeah. Because I tell, and I tell the parents when we have a parent conference, if you will allow me to let me mama these, these children in school so that yeah. I can love on them and encourage them. And sometimes it may be some tough love because there's some lessons that we have to learn. But if you allow me to do that, then we can grow them and help to be that village that they need yeah. in order for them to be successful. So me being Mama Sledge is not a big deal for me to go down the hallway and hear the kids call either Dr. Sledge, Mama Sledge, hey, Mama Sledge. And I take that with a level of, love and respect because I'm looking at them, hold on, wait a minute. I don't want my children doing any old everything. Right. I want my children to be successful. I want my children to grow and to develop and to mature and to be the best version of themselves. So whether I birth them or not, yeah. I'm as an educator for me, I'm going to pour into them just as if I birthed them. Yeah. What do I need to do? How can I encourage wow. you? How can how can I support you? What is it that you need? And that's what's needed in the classroom. We got enough people who sit there and all they do is grade papers and give worksheets. But where are <laughs> those that are going to love the children through the assignments to be able to yeah. help them to understand the material that they're learning? And it's not just about circling A, B, or C. Yeah. There's more lessons to learn. That's why we have Costas and Bloom's levels of questions and understanding to be able to go from the bottom... <sighs> down with the explanations all the way up to that synthesizing the information. Mm -hmm. But if teachers aren't willing and open and honest to be able to help students to go to that next place, it's not always about a yes or no. Yeah. But about the exploring, you know, that people talk about, you know, it's not necessarily about the destination, about the journey. I had in my AVID class a couple of years ago, we were having a conversation and just out of my mouth, I had to posterize this statement. Don't be con so concerned with getting a uh, degree that you miss getting an education. Yeah, yeah. 
And I had to put that on a post and say, oh, this going up in the yeah. classroom. I'm like that. <laughs> because so often they focus on getting the grade. Yeah. Did I get an A? Yeah. I only got a 99%. Oh, man, I got a 92. Okay, but what did you learn? Yes. That's yeah. the biggie is what did you learn that's going to carry and that's going to connect. Yeah. That's what I'm more concerned yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell, I tell you something. Now, if you've got a group of parents that will work with you in that, to me, that would be a great indicator that God has you in the right place. If you have a group of parents that respond to you in that way, in that format, that philosophy, and that's getting into your educational philosophy there, but and, and instead of a group of parents who will come to school fussing and cussing, defending their child, and the only side of any story they've heard is from their own child, uh, but, and you know, before we began recording, we talked about some things that are timeless and some things, some processes and some <laughs> philosophies that are time bound. And I think you're describing a timeless philosophy, a timeless principle. Most people respond well to people who share an expectation and who lead in learning and who are genuinely interested in them. And as you're describing that philosophy, I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't mind being in your classroom. I'd like to be in my classroom. <laughs> I own me. Now, now that's a good question. You know what? The next time, oh my goodness, here we go. The next time that you got a teacher symposium or anything like that, <laughs> ask the teachers, would you want to be in your classroom? I know that's real. And the second question why would anybody want to be in your classroom? Oh. See, our children don't have a choice. They're told whose classroom to be in. Yeah. But when you get to college, you can pick and choose. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Who's teaching this class? No, let me go drop yeah. this class and add somebody else. But our children don't get a choice, which is why I struggle sometimes with those who are in the classroom who continue to do things the same way that they did 15 or 20 years ago yeah. when we've got a different generation of students that yeah. we're trying to educate yeah a different generation and all kinds of gifts and talents and and levels and degrees of understanding and learning and knowledge and my goodness it's it, it's a it would be a shame to do things the same way expecting that a hundred percent of your student population is going to experience the best learning that that's a crying shame that's a crying shame you gotta know you gotta recognize that and listen to me talking my layman's opinion here but <coughs> you I'll got to you know if you ever get off yeah <laughs> i know you will <laughs> ever so you, lovingly you, want, you, you stay in that lane bitch, you but but good. you get and you know what and i know this from teaching the bible so i'm not totally uh separate from the craft but you gotta know that some people respond better when they hear their name called. You gotta know. Some people respond better when they write. Some respond better when they speak. Some respond better in 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 visuals or, or in just just all types of modalities of Absolutely. learning. If you do not, if a teacher does not recognize that, at a minimum, they need retraining. At a maximum, they need to get out of the field. Yes, sir. Those are just my thoughts. 
And I'm not the well, professional. Well, I can say as an educator that I stand firmly and I approve that message. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one indeed. It's a good one indeed. You know, even our children at home. My wife and I, we raised four sons. And believe you me, we couldn't deal with them the same. And they're in our family. They're our sons who are the fruit of our loins. And we couldn't raise them the same. And it's just four of them. What do you think, what are your chances of being successful in the same approach when you have 20, 25, 30 kids in a classroom from different families, different cultures, just yes. different, just different? But that's one of the reasons why years ago, maybe within the past 10 years or so, they stopped doing tests talking about learning styles and they changed it to learning preference. Because everybody has a learning preference. Yeah. So even right now, we are having a conversation. It is verbal. Yeah. There are some that, even though they're listening to it, could glean a little bit more if they could see us conversing with right, each other. And right. We're looking at each other right now. Right. There are some who would do better if we were sitting on a panel and they were up close and personal with us, not just through a screen, yeah. but in um a setting where they could sit with us to be able to interact. So it's the same way with everybody. There's a way that is preferred. Yeah. I can hear you, but it also helps me to be able to see. Yeah. It also helps me to be able to read for myself. It helps me to be able to discuss. I struggle in a classroom and it's even in my own classroom is when I give my kids directions and I will tell them I need you to read this particular assignment, uh -huh. that I be, I'm quiet so that they can focus on reading because I can't read and listen to somebody still talking. Yeah. So if we've got a teacher up there who's telling the kids to take notes and they put up this slide full of 15 bullet points and then they're steadily talking, are the kids supposed to listen to them? Are the kids supposed to get the information off the board? Which one do you want? But then you want to get mad when the kids don't have the information for the test. That yeah. was on you. Yeah. Because you did not give them an opportunity to be able to process the information. Wow. And that's where it's at is that there's so much that there's some recalibration of education that needs to happen yearly, bi-yearly, every two or three years for educators to understand that we can't do things the same old, same old. Right. Right. If we're going to affect this generation we've got to be able to come and see what this generation is about yeah we've got to be able to meet them where they are to be able to get them to whatever their next level is yeah not your next level but their next level yeah yeah and you know as far as the department of defense uh dependent school system goes uh one kudo that i will give is that on the whole the organization is more progressive than not. I think the organization is probably more progressive than the typical average uh, civilian school district in the United States of America. And uh, a lot of it helps to have tax dollars to spend on your educational system. But uh, at any rate, at any rate, uh, they do get things done. You know, and, and this whole issue of education, my goodness, I'm about out of time here. We didn't even get to Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll come back and do it again, Bishop. Hallelujah. You took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> same bet station, same bet time. You we know. can continue this yeah. discussion. 
Yeah, but I tell you, uh, 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 Dr. Sledge, I wish, I wish that we could just get groups of parents together and have these real conversations, not politically driven uh, 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 talking points, but real conversations about education. If we could do that, we would probably find out, we would probably find out that parents and educators are more alike than different. We probably would find out. You know, if we could detect an educator who really did not want the best for the student, you know, it would be so easy to say to them, you need to leave this field. You really need to leave this field. But, you know, and I, I just believe that, my goodness, my goodness, we are just about out of time here. I'm going to have to close this out. Dr. Sledge, I tell you, it's been such a joy, a thrill having you. I don't think I went uh, according to any of the notes that I had prepared, but I have enjoyed this discussion. What about you? Yes, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I get fired up talking about <laughs> And you know, I tell you what, we're going. this is going to be broadcast on the radio as well as my podcast. And I have listeners from Ireland, from Australia, from Great Britain, from Africa, from, from all over the United States of America. We're going to be listening in. But uh, I tell you what, Dr. Sledge is going to come back to be with us. She's definitely coming back to be with us, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to see if I can get it back next week, as a matter of fact. But uh, listen, I'm all out of time this time. I've got to get out of here. You have been listening to Marriage and Family Clinic. Our mission is to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. And that's going to help you identify what makes you tick and ultimately help you repair, grow, and perfect your marriage and your family relationships. Remember, you can always find this episode and others by looking up my podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podbean. You can find me there. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. We got to get out of here now, but I just want to leave this with you. You can never have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out. <music>